I'm Alex and this is the Northern Guides to Happiness. Welcome to episode 12. As always, I'm here in our virtual studio with the rest of the podcast team, Kath, Andrea and Chris. Hi, everyone. Hello. 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 How are we all? I'm quite excited. <laughs> You're quite excited. I'm Why are you excited? excited? I'm also very nervous. I have a gig mm. coming up. <laughs> I'm going to be singing outside to people, which is terrifying. <laughs> But also quite exciting. More, more, more terrifying than exciting or more exciting than terrifying? Well, I, I don't know. You maybe need to ask the people that are going to be listening to it. <laughs> what are you going to be singing? Where? What? What's going on? This is something at the end of July in Kingston Park. It's a community sort of outdoor music-y type event. And me and my mate Stephen, we've been asked to go along and do, do 20 <laughs> minutes of covers of things like U2 songs and Bruce Springsteen and wow all sorts of all sorts of gubbins and this is like the first time we've done it in about two years so uh, i'm just going to go google some uh tickets see if i can uh, get along to this gig i think you could probably just kind of come into the field i think that's probably oh, just turn i'm up. not exactly right, doing then. the festival circuit alex not yet not, not yet, yet. Yeah. no <laughs> so, so it's either an encouragement to come and listen or a warning to avoid <laughs> kingston park on park. 31st of july <laughs> Who was it that actually did festivals earlier on in the series? It was Paul Kell. Yeah, yeah, it was um, Elvana. From Elvana. Yeah. And actually, a few weeks ago, they performed on, I think it was the main stage, at the Pilot Download awesome. um, Festival. So uh, that was all very exciting. He was so excited to be <laughs> yeah back on stage doing what he loves to do. So, uh, yeah, yeah. What about you, Andrea? How are you? I'm... I'm fine. I've I've also entered a realm of terrifying and exciting. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I'm knitting a unicorn. For my <laughs> <laughs> just things that you just didn't think you find yourself doing. You're doing. I I can't believe I've shared this. There's something about this which is yeah Did too just... too comfortable. We're too comfortable. We want to. Did you just decide? I'm going to knit a unicorn. Um, I did actually, and it's humongous. It's <laughs> the wrong wall. It's, it's terrifying. I'm going to send you a picture. I, I need to see a picture. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's How, yeah, how long is it going to take, fair. Andrea? Um, it's taken several long hours. In oh, hours. I was going to say weeks or something. That's what it would take we me. <laughs> weeks and weeks and weeks. <laughs> Would, would you like to hear my dad's Aaron jumper story? Oh, yeah. I'd love to. <laughs> I knit my dad's an Aaron, Aaron jumper a long, long time ago. And I think similar to you, it wasn't quite the right size when it was finished. But be, because I had knit it, he wore it. Oh. <laughs> and I, it was so... Oh, it was quite sentimental, really. <laughs> but my mum got a little bit anxious about it because it was so big <laughs> but, but knitted with love and appreciated it with was love. yes in well front done, of the Kat's fire dad. in the winter yeah yeah <laughs> well i look forward to seeing pictures of this unicorn andrew you've, you've said it now you have yep. to, you have to show us how you get on yeah. um on that note shall we introduce this week's uh, guest interview i'm sure pearl will love to know that she's being introduced prior to a chat about uh, knitted unicorns. This week we talked to Pearl Saddington, who I've known now for nearly 20 years. 
We first met at Newcastle University on our master's degree and our paths have crossed a few times over the years. She's well known within the heritage sector, spending time at venues like Beadsworld and the old low light on North Shields Fishkey and is currently working with the National Trust. I caught up with Pearl while she was on site at Gibside. So enough of me talking, here's Pearl. Pearl, welcome to the Northern Guide to Happiness. How are you today? I'm fine and happy. Fine and happy. (laughs) The correct answer. (laughs) I am happy. Um, What have you been up to today? Anything interesting? No, nothing interesting. Nothing interesting at all on a Monday. Well, actually, um, came to work Mm -hmm. and um, heard lots of bird sounds, which is always interesting. Uh, Had a chat with some volunteers, even more interesting. Um, Did some emails. Not really interesting. (laughs) I can sense the sarcasm in your voice there, just describing the emails. I think everyone can relate to that. Yeah. So, Pearl, would you mind, for the listeners, just introducing yourself? Yes. So, um, my name is Pearl Saddington. I am currently employed um, as the volunteer and community involvement officer for the Gibside National Trust Gibside portfolio. So my role is working across Gibside, Washington Old Hall, Pension Monument, and it is to work with volunteers, um, which are a massive part of the National Trust, and also uh, community involvement, which is to ensure that the National Trust's um, message of for everyone forever is actually for everyone forever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what's a typical day like for you do you have a typical day I mean I suppose it's don't been a you know bit me, different. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm going to do in 10 minutes time there isn't a typical day really you know now that everybody's back on property because we were working from home which was really, really difficult at the moment we're still in the process of bringing back all our volunteers because even though our sites have got quite a lot of space, outdoor space, indoor space is still very limited. So Mm. things like, um, you know, volunteers having a cup of tea, a kitchen space, um, and whilst we're still not fully out of lockdown, then we still are abiding by the two metre rule. Um, Like, you know, numbers of actual bodies in a room. So bringing back volunteers has been really, really slow. And they're not coming back to the role that they left they're coming back to new, what's known as new reopening roles, which is quite similar to what they left, but it's not exactly the same. And I think that's quite tough for some of them. And it's just like, you know, we're starting from the beginning, you know, we're going through inductions and our values and behaviours and uh, what have you. So it's been slow. And the community involvement, but that's slow as well, because, well, you know, you are an ex-outreacher, Mm-hmm. We can't go barging in now like we used to, you know, just <laughs> sitting down and having cups of teas and coffees. We, because quite a lot of the organisations that we work with, they're not back yet and they, you know, they can't welcome other organisations the way they did. So it's all very slow, but there's no two days are the same. It's just been a complete, um, yeah, 
turn of events hasn't it i mean everything's just been turned upside down with with yeah. everything that's been going on and it's just made yeah everything just that little bit more challenging to get things done hasn't it um, yeah yeah and talking of lockdown I've, I've read a few articles now around um how people have kind of valued sort of outdoor space during the last 12 18 months or so is that something that you've noticed at, at Gibside? People really wanting to be out and in nature and being out and about? Yes, I mean, um, all the National Trust properties closed when lockdown came. And we were one of the first organisations to open up again last June. Well, the National Trust properties that had space, I mean, poor Washington was closed for like nearly 16 months. So yes, as soon as we opened our um, event bright, book a space, um, <laughs> we were more or less full yeah. every day. Yeah. And it's what's nice is it's not just visitors that are coming to take joy in the space. I think the staff have realised that um, if in the past they've taken for granted where they've worked, mm. then we're not taking it for granted anymore. Mm. I mean, now we... We regularly staff will go on for go out for a walk for maybe twenty minutes because we know that being outside has a positive effect on your well-being, and it it could be just like a little walk up to the stables and back, but it's being surrounded by green. Mm. It's that green space. It's the um, it's not just the space. I mean, it's colours because now we're in summer and the colours are fab. But it's the sounds. Mm. I mean, um, I think I mentioned earlier, it's birdsong. We all hear birdsong, but we just don't listen. I think there's a big thing that humans do do listen, but they don't hear. Yeah. And I think that is a great part of um, coming back that we've all noticed is that we are hearing things. We are hearing the, the birds. We are hearing the rustle of the trees. Um, when it was snowing, we heard the snow. It's it's it sounds quite hippie-ish, but that's just what it is. It's just the overall the smell. Well, I think um, I'm a lot more. Uh, my senses are more alert, so I smell things like I know you can't not smell wild garlic, but at one no, time definitely you not. Past it. <laughs> no, exactly. You would walk past it and go, oh, "That's wild garlic," but now you go, "Oh, that's wild garlic." Yeah. And it's like the heady sense of some of the uh, the plants and the flowers. So I think for me, what lockdown's done, and for a lot of the staff, is um, just giving us a greater appreciation of where we work. And I think often you get sort of just in this sort of rut and this you know circle of just you know eating lunch at your desk. I'm I'm guilty of it, just being constantly at your desk all the time. So I think what you've just said there about people getting out and just for, even if it's just for a quick walk has had huge benefits. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it is. Yeah. We don't now. Nobody eats at the desk here at Gibside. Yeah. Or at Washington, which is a much smaller team. We take ourselves away mm. into the community room, but at Gibside we all meet, and if it's I've seen us all have our lunch out in the garden when it's been snowing and we've had six jumpers, five hats on, you know, 20 cups of tea, but we've sat outside and we've moved away from the laptop. So you've mentioned bird sound there and the wild mm. garlic. 
can you think of any other sounds and smells that um, you notice more? Now that we've got the schools back, we have fires, you know, for the kids sitting around and toast and marshmallows. So there's always that, there's that smell. There's the smell of when the rangers have been chopping a tree, you know, that woody smell. I suppose you can always say there's the smell of your colleagues who are sitting next to you. <laughs> <laughs> the Whether it's comes Chanel. Out. <laughs> I mean, the really expensive Chanel perfume that walks yeah, through yeah. the office. <laughs> it's just um, even like the like the rustle of leaves, and so now it's like it, it's like all your senses are like tying up together. I mean, we know we were taken out a few weeks ago with the rangers and they showed us what plants you can eat. They showed us what plants you shouldn't eat. So it was even just, you know, we've got a tree in Gibside where it's like a fir tree and the pine needles taste of pineapple. You know Ooh. what I mean? And it's, I know, and um, there's a plant that tastes like it's a flower and it tastes like leek. Obviously there's the wild garlic, you know, you can eat clover. Uh, and now, like, you know, I can begin to understand, like, our hunter-gatherers, you know, the fact that, um, you know, like, what they, like, well, what they grazed on, because what we see, what we have, they had much more things in abundance. Mm. So you can understand that they, I have a greater understanding and appreciation now of, of like, people in the past, like, making, making a, a, a pot of, broth from going outside and just pulling up herbs and sorrel and yeah Um, yeah and things like that yeah not that I'm going to like prepare any kind of fancy salad with um buttercups and everything because I will get something wrong (laughs) sounds good to me yeah but I mean I I mean the colleague who I work with she um she did a salad and it, it looked lovely and it was all leaves and plants from around, around Gibside. Fabulous. So I think it's just um, it's just appreciating what you've got underneath your feet. So does your work make you happy, Pearl? It really does. I mean, you'll know, Alex, that we chose to go into this sector and I'm not lying when I say it's not the best paid sector. Yeah, we didn't go in it in for the, the money, did we? You do not go in <laughs> you do not go into it for the money. You go into it because it's a vocation. You go into it because you believe, and I think you're the same, we believe in our hearts that what we do can um, make a difference. And I will stand up on any platform and say that what we do does make a difference. Um, at the minute, it's making a difference to people's well-being and um, mental health. Mm. But even before that was a big thing, I think we knew that volunteering in itself was good for the soul because mm-hmm. you were given something back and you know all of those endomorphins and pheromones or whatever were like you know they were racing around your body other work i'd done with maybe marginalized groups that made me happy because again you see in the difference that heritage and history um has an impact on people so i think it's that Kind of, you see somebody being happy, then you're happy, aren't you? I mean, you know, sometimes you you get a bit stressed, but I don't even. I'm I'm going to say this now, and I'm going to 
after this call, I'll get something that really stresses me head out. <laughs> but um, it, it's, you know, it, it does make me happy. I mean, I think as well, it, it helps if you work with nice people. Always helps. Um, it always helps. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, as I say, lockdown and it's all been on furlough when we all came back. I think we were all genuinely glad to see each other. And now we're not taken up. And we went through quite a major restructure. So I think we've been sad. We've seen colleagues go. I think there's an appreciation as well, if I'm honest, that you've, you're one of the people remaining. So you don't take that for granted, especially, you know, the way unemployment is. And our sector is going generally. So yes, you do wake up and then you put on your little National Trust branded uniform. Wear it with <laughs> you know, pride. Wear it with pride. Wear it with pride. Um, and you step out the door and you think, yeah, I'm going to a lovely place mm. to work with okay people. Um, <laughs> yeah, all right. To make a difference. Mm. And I think that's it, to make a difference. I don't know if I've told you, but when I left um, university, because I, for your... Uh, listeners I went to university as a mature student and when I graduated there was two routes I was planning on going down one was I really wanted to join the police force and the other one was heritage museums um, mainly the heritage bit and it was a friend of ours called Kylie Little that kind of swayed it for me because she did the course with us and both of the jobs I wanted to do because I wanted to make a difference. And then sometimes I think if I had joined the police force, I would have been retired by now. And <laughs> living on a nice pension and working as a security guard in Marks and Spencer, saying, oh, what that doing? Um, <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't. And I chose this route. And it's been nice. It's, it has been nice. And I think you'll agree that everybody that graduated in the class of 2002, was it 2002, three, four, five? Then we've all, we were lucky. We all got the jobs we wanted. We didn't necessarily get them straight off. We had many, many temporary temporary contracts. Mm -hmm. But that was in the days when there was uh, lots of money about and you just got them. Temporary contracts were extended. And we all knew what we wanted to do and we all went in that field and we all did it and we all still see each other and mm. we're all in work, aren't mm. we? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we might be scattered around the globe because it was an international course, but I know we've all we've all done good things. Yeah. I think we've all done good things. Yeah. I think we'll be due a reunion soon at some point, I think. I know we are next year <laughs> or the year after. Mm. Why, while I've me. still got me two hips and me two <laughs> knees. <laughs> and you don't keep having to push me to the toilet every five minutes. <laughs> I knew I couldn't keep it up, Alex. So. <laughs> You're doing so well. I was, I was. Gotta let myself down, like I always do. I always let myself down. Oh dear. Is happiness something that you think about much? Is it something that you mm. you think about or not really? Yeah, I do actually, especially mm-hmm. after lockdown. Mm-hmm. I think being furloughed for seven months was quite, for me, quite nice because I've worked all, all my life. So I'm not going to lie and say that I'll never get that opportunity again. 
I caught it with old friends. Um, I walked even just locally um, around tracks. Uh, I appreciated the family more because with work from home, we saw a lot more a lot more of each other. And my my kids are grown up, you know, they're in their twenties, thirties. Um, shouldn't even be at home really. But uh, one thing led to another, and they came back. And yeah, sometimes I just like think, yeah, this is all right, you know, this is okay. And I do think about other people. I think very much about those people that are homeless. I think about refugees and asylum seekers a lot. I think about situations around the world, you know, sort of like situations in the Middle East. And I never take the fact that we live in quite a peaceful part of the world for granted. Mm. And yeah, I just think, I do think, yeah, I'm happy. I am happy. But then again, I've been lucky. I'm touching, I'm clinging on to wood. <laughs> I am clinging on to wood. You know, we have things that sometimes make us sad, but then generally, and I do think this, this lockdown, this pandemic, I think it's, I mean, it's been shocking, but I think it has made us all just think, just slow down and think. I was just going to say that, yeah, slow down and, yeah, mm-hmm. as you've said before, not take things for granted. When you think of happiness then, what do you think of? What is happiness to you? What is happiness to me? Happiness to me is um, smiling, laughing, picking up where you left off, being outside. It is just taking, you know what happiness is? It's just taking pleasure in the little things. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, for example, if I go out for a walk and then like sometimes happens with you and I, you'll be out for a run. Then it's taken that time to trip you up, make you stop and for us to catch up and say, oh, what are you doing? Yeah. Those little you know, it's not now, yeah. it is not just a wave across the street. Mm. It's that whole, um, it's a whole feeling. It comes from inside. Mm. You know, it's like an inside feeling. Just like when you've done 100 sit-ups or... 100 sit-ups? Who's doing 100 sit-ups? No, I don't do that. I don't do that. But like, 100 (laughs) sit-ups... Is that what you think it might feel like? (laughs) Well, yeah. 100 sit-ups will make somebody happy. Do you reckon? I don't know. (laughs) No, it wouldn't wouldn't make me happy. No, running eight miles on a Sunday might make some people happy. Well, I didn't. I didn't say that. That made me happy either. <laughs> it made me happy to wave you off. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. Yeah, I'm not doing it. Yeah. What What are the other little moments then? Can you think of? I think for if I go back to job wise, um, we've got a new program at the minute, um, which I'm which I'm heading up, and it's called Social Forestry and Forest Bathing. And it is kind of a new volunteering. We're looking at new ways of volunteering. And it's be, it's getting people outside and just doing jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be um, making hedges. It could be lighting fires for a school. And that is just the best ever. It's a group of people that don't know each other. It's never the same group every week. And they come together and they produce something, they work together as a team. We have a crack, we um, have a laugh, we learn about each other, but without saying, what do you do? 
You know what I mean? Like, mm. where do you live? It's it's organic. It grows. And then, you know, we come back, we sit, we have lunch with the bigger team. And, it, you know, they just bring something else. I think it's... Um, I think I've got to say I'm a proper outside hippie convert now. You'll find me hugging trees and uh, (laughs) that kind of thing. And is that something that's come out since you've been at the National Trust or do you think that's something that's always been you? Yeah. 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 I think to be quite honest, you know, I'm going to be dead honest here that I've always worked in heritage centres. They've had some space or museums. Mm -hmm. And when I came to work at the National Trust, that was a real push outside my comfort zone. Mm. It really was. Um, I've worked for English Heritage before, but then that's still buildings. It's still, because my background's history and it's still the physical, tangible um, history. Let's touch it. And I know the National Trust is history, but it's conservation. And I know museums are conservation as well, but it really did push me to think differently yeah. about about how do you interpret this this space this story um that we have here you know it isn't always about putting something in a an object in a case mm-hmm. and having a voice it's about having voices and multiple in- interpretations and multiple ways of interpreting things so whether it's sound whether it's a soundscape whether it's a piece of drama whether it's getting a little group of cherubs to draw a picture of a rainbow and it's about being more accepting that the real expertise and knowledge lie beyond your gates they're not always within the organization that outside your gates yeah. but then as an outreach worker you will know that as well i was going to say you're preaching to the converted here oh, yeah, yeah, I know, absolutely I know, absolutely I know. yeah yeah You've talked a lot about being outside. Do you have a happy place? Do you have a favourite place that you like to be that makes you feel feel good? Well, it's funny. It's funny because my favourite happy places with being brought up in South Shields is the coast. Mm-hmm. It's the beach. It's the sea. It's the the wildness of the coast that the fact no two days are the same. So I would always, it's weird, isn't it? Because I've banged on about, you know, greenery and everything. My happy place is with the wind in your hair and in the Northeast, well, it's always with a hat on, isn't it? Even if it's 100 degrees in London, you're still wrapped up when you're on the beach of Bambra. The sea fret is in, (laughs) but it doesn't matter. It is. It It doesn't doesn't matter because because you've still got your rock ports on. in your bird house <laughs> i was saying something i was saying to someone the other day you know it's it's never too hot for fish and chips and it's never too cold for ice cream no, you know when you're, you're at, right. at the northeast coast it doesn't matter does it yeah no, wherever no. you are and no but i love the the different blues of the sea you know to like the seaweed the smell but i think that's because mainly i'm probably a coasty a coasty at heart a coasty at heart yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, um, when I had, when, you know, when we've had dogs and we used to, we would, a treat for the dog would be to go at the beach. Do you know what I mean? It wouldn't necessarily be a treat to go and romp the che- the cheviots. But like, you know, the beach was like, oh, they used to get all excited because they were going to the beach. 
simple pleasures. It's the it's the clearing all the sand off them afterwards. And uh... oh, I know, I know. And like the fact that you you promise that you promise yourself you're going to hoover the car out, but you don't for three years. Never, never, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's definitely something about that blue space, isn't there? We had um, mm-hmm. we had Zara on a few weeks ago from the Environment Agency, and she was talking about just what you've talked about there about that you know mm-hmm. green space being great for your well being, but there's something else about blue space as well um and being um yeah by the sea and it's it's something yeah. that come has come up in so many of our interviews this idea of being by the sea and even people have talked about when they've been away from the sea and they've maybe mm. lived in the midlands for a little bit and they've really kind of missed and pined for the for the coast i think it's, it's, yeah. it's something about it isn't there definitely I think with lockdown, this is the longest, it was the longest time I ever spent away from the coast because mm. obviously you weren't allowed to go, otherwise you got fine. And I think you know I worked down on North Shields Fish Key for, for years. Yeah. And you know the joy you get driving down the Fish Key is just like, again, talking of smells. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but the smell. fact... <laughs> exactly. But the fact that, you know, there are still ships coming in the tide and the fact that no two days are the same and just looking out over that fastness, it just makes you appreciate how, like, tiny little speck that you are. Yeah. But, yeah, I pine, I pine for the sea if I can't get to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You've really touched on a few things already, but I wonder whether you have any kind of thoughts um, for the listeners in terms of, how do you maintain positive well-being? Uh, you've talked already about, you know, going, be, being outside, stepping away from mm. your desk, going for a run. How do you maintain positive mental health and well-being? I think it's being active as well. It's, um, you know, I'm a great advocate for um, yoga. Well, I don't, I'm not saying I meditate re- regularly, but meditation, if it's needed, all the things that I think people used to snigger at a few years ago are like, they're not sniggering at now, no. you know? So I would say, be active. Don't take yourself seriously. Laugh. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like laugh. Don't be frightened yeah. to laugh. And yeah. I always say, talk to somebody at a bus stop. You know, not that I ever get the bus, so that's a bit stupid, isn't it? But like in a queue or if you, you know, just speak to somebody that you wouldn't normally speak to. As my kids say, when I go out, Daisy, if we go to town, Daisy will say, ma'am, please don't interact with strangers. Don't embarrass me. <laughs> don't embarrass me. Do you know them? No, well, why are you talking to them? It's just, yeah, just just smiling. Um, I do mm. think that you should, I do speak to strangers because I have had, as a result of just talking to people and finding out, just a little bit about them. We've had, I've had some great uh, collaborations, mm. you know, with uh, work and everything by just talking to somebody in a queue or in a queue in a cinema and they, they're from like the same mindset as you. And then before you know where you are, you've, you're working together on an exhibition. Yeah. So I would never, ever, t- I would tell people, never, ever, um, don't limit your opportunities, don't box yourself in and think outside the box and think outside your your discipline and your organization you know because sometimes the best examples are in in the corporate world or in within another organization 
I love that. That's such a yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the more collaborations and the more people you work with, just the better fun you'll have, really. Yeah. Because after all, I'm working with you, aren't I? On this. Exactly. <laughs> Match made in heaven. Brilliant. Match made in heaven. Exactly. Match made in heaven, darling. <laughs> I, yeah, there's there's no harm. It doesn't do you any harm to say hello to somebody in the street, does no, it? No, it doesn't. No, absolutely not. And yes, thinking outside the box, and you never know, you know, what's the worst that can happen. Just yeah, say hello and go from there. Well, what's a wonderful note to end on, Pearl? Um, well, thank you. Lovely plenty of pearls you. of wisdom. Ba-dum. Pearls of wisdom. The pearls of wisdom. Yeah. The pearls of wisdom. <laughs> um, it's always a pleasure catching up with you, Pearl. We should do it more often. I think often I uh, we don't see each other as often as uh, I would like, and uh, then I when when I do see you, it's like, oh, we should do this more often. I know, I know. <laughs> but then you're usually going off on an eight-mile run. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Don't yes, you are. Me. Every time I've seen you, you've had running things on. Sorry. But no, yes, we worked together briefly in Sunderland, didn't we? And yeah, yeah. Our paths crossed. But, our paths um, cross many times, don't they? They but, do. Uh, yeah. Lovely to so see let's you get this. Let's get this um, get together organised. Yeah, definitely. Because it'll take like us two plan. years. It will. It'll take us two, two years to organise. It will. <laughs> get everybody from all over the globe in their fancy jobs. And we've never moved from the northeast. <laughs> Why, why would you? Why would you? Why would you? Why would you? We've got green and blue. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> thank you very much, Pearl. Right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So that was Pearl. What did people think? I've met Pearl before too in my work and... She's an absolute bundle of energy and I thought, Pearl, that you sounded more reflective after seven months of furlough. (laughs) Um, It was fascinating (laughs) and I've never spoken to her since she started her new job in Gibside and Gibside is one of my favourite National Trust properties. It's just amazing. What she was talking about that she was doing with the volunteers sounded really exciting because I didn't realise they had such a big volunteer presence up there. So the idea of Pearl eating wild garlic and finding things, pine needles that taste like pineapples and uh, absolutely wonderful. Yes. So I really enjoyed this and enjoyed her observations about taking the pace a little bit slower and looking around appreciating the small things so really nice yeah thank you thanks Kath Andrea what about you yeah I love oh I love listening to friends speak and it was really lovely to kind of hear the your friendship come through in that that interview and the fact that you both known each other for a long time and perhaps have gone along similar paths and and come back together but I think she really hit upon something which I think is sort of one of the the great things about happiness and that's friendships picking up where you left off and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if that's that's moments weeks months or years it's really a joy and taking time to kind of speak to one another after months of of not bumping into one another or you know just that casual wave or oh, I, I don't need to talk to you. I've seen it on Facebook. And yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. quite enjoying that moment at the moment of returning back to to working in the city centre and then seeing people and this kind of 
arms going out. It's completely exaggerated, <laughs> but the joy of seeing them in person in the flesh is is great. And I, I also loved what she was talking about that, you know, heritage is living, it's it's moving, the you know, and the knowledge exists outside of that, you know, no yeah. everybody is experts of their own heritage and their own perspectives and interpretation of of things and places and memories so more power to to pearl in the heritage sector i thought that was great yeah 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 thanks andrea what about you chris the stuff that she was saying at the beginning about kind of sensory experiences and just kind of really sort of woke me up and really got me thinking about you know what what are the things that you know what are the smells and the sensations that kind of sum up happiness for me, and I'm sure everybody's got some. I'm sure we, the four of us could kind of share, you know, that one smell or aroma, which really kind of kicks off a chain of a chain of memories, or even just kind of a, a moment of mindfulness and uh, and reflection. And it was interesting she was talking about was it pine 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 trees? Because mm. it's the smell of Christmas trees for me, um, but not the Christmas trees that we get at the moment because they don't smell. It's kind of the ones that shed all their leaves, all their all their their needles, all over the you know, carpet <laughs> on twenty fourth of December. Um, they always come with like a really kind of rich aroma for me, and it just kind of sums up Christmas mm-hmm. in Edinburgh for me. It's really, really evocative, and yeah, I think she's right. We don't pay enough attention to our senses like that, and it's you know ideal to go to places like Gibbside and just to kind of hang out and experience that, you know not to go with any particular purpose, just kind of go and, and see what's there, see what it's like. I thought the way she finished off when she was talking about the way that you should talk to people mm. in a bus stop and and make that little effort just to say hello to someone. And I, th- I thought that was a very wise thing to say. I really yeah. enjoyed listening to that one. You, you mm. never know what's going to happen by having a an off-the-cuff conversation with somebody she was saying there you don't know what collaborations and possibilities might might occur just by saying hello to a stranger so yeah I, I I thought that was a really valid point what you were saying there as well Chris about the the sounds and the smells reminded me of Zoe's interview from a few weeks ago yes when she was talking about colors um mm-hmm. that she associates with happiness and then you know the smell of wild garlic again came up um so it's interesting that in in the last few weeks we've had you know a little bit of synergy going on with our with our episodes without you know meaning to um with this idea of exploring happiness through senses um as well as i suppose feeling as well so yeah yeah thank you everybody um, and thank you, Pearl, as well. It was great to catch up. She doesn't really trip me up when we go running or when I go running. <laughs> <laughs> it's the other way around, is it? <laughs> yeah. Stick the leg out. Yeah. Oh, it's a good job she's not still on the fish key then. <laughs> You'd end up in the river. So thank you, Pearl. And thanks, everybody, for your comments. That was great. If you've been inspired by this podcast episode, then we'd love to hear from you. We love hearing your stories and opinions on what happiness means to you. You can get in touch via email, hello at thenorthernguidestohappiness.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter at North Happiness and Instagram and Facebook at Northern Happiness. 
We're really glad to be spreading joy and happiness around the North East through this podcast, thanks to funding from the National Lottery Community Fund and the Newcastle Covid Fund. So thank you to our funders for their support. So we've reached the end of another episode. We hope you're enjoying listening to the Northern Guide to Happiness. Take care and see you all again next week for another episode. Thank you.